Are you a current or future physician assistant wanting to learn more about finances? Then join me on this journey to become a PA the FI way. Hi, my name is Kat and I'm a practicing certified physician assistant who will be your host. It took me five years after I started practicing medicine as a PA to thoroughly dive into my personal finances after I discovered the concept of financial independence. I want to use what I have learned to help you avoid some of the financial mistakes that I have made while sharing some of the financial wins that I have had along the way. Join me as we discuss financial strategies to guide you to becoming a physician assistant on the way to financial independence. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to the PA the FI Way podcast. I hope you are all having a wonderful week. I'm looking forward to tomorrow since it's my regular day off from my normal job. I am picking up a shift at my casual job position that I have where I pick up occasional shifts here and there at a walk-in clinic. And then afterwards, I'm meeting my friends that I met in PA school for dinner, so I'm really looking forward to seeing them. I'm sure if you are a future PA or a PA student at this time, you know that many of the friendships that you create while in PA school will last with you for the rest of your life. I'm really good friends with some of these girls and one of them even seen in my wedding with my sister. All right, so today's topic of this podcast episode is a little bit philosophical or even psychological in nature. But I think it's a pretty good topic to discuss because how people view money is so different from everyone else. And it's really important to think of why you view different financial topics in a certain way compared to other people. And I think that if you can identify some similarities, but also differences in how you view money, that can help you better communicate with those you are trying to discuss financial topics with. Whether that's your spouse, your significant other, your boyfriend, your girlfriend, even your siblings or your parents or other friends in your life. So the title of this podcast episode is What is Your Money Story and How You Can Rewrite a New Money Story by Changing Your Money Mindset. So what is your money story? Your money story is your personal story that you have learned about money since childhood. It shapes and forms your beliefs about money, whether consciously or subconsciously. You can feel and think differently about money than a friend, family member, spouse, or colleague, simply by how your money story has influenced you. So what is your money mindset? Your money mindset is your current attitude and belief about money. I would like to review how you can identify your money story so that you can recognize that it may have had a good or a poor effect on how you view finances. The concepts of scarcity mindset and abundance mindset will be reviewed as well. You can then learn to rewrite a new money story by changing your money mindset. So how do you figure out what your money story is? Well, here are a list of questions that you can answer to try to determine how your history has impacted what your money story is and your current money mindset. So I will start listing some of these questions here, and you can take some time to think about each of these questions. How did you view money as a child while growing up? What's the first memory you recall in regards to money in your childhood? 
Was money something you never really had access to? Or if you simply just asked your parents for money, would they give it to you? Did you have an allowance? If so, was it for free or did you have to complete chores or did you have to earn good grades in order to earn an allowance? Did you receive money as gifts from family members growing up? What did you do with that money? Did you always go ahead and buy a new toy that you wanted or did you learn to save it? If you did buy that new toy, did the joy of that toy last for a long time or did it wane after only a few days and the toy never really got played with again? If you did save your money, was it for something in particular that you were saving up for? Or was it just in a generalized savings account, such as in a piggy bank or bank account? What age were you when you had your first job? Did your parents encourage you to work or require you to work? Or did you want to work? I remember as a teenager, my mom told my sister and I that in order for us to continue to purchase things that we wanted, like many teenage girls wanted at the time, such as clothes, jewelry, purses, or if we wanted to hang out with our friends, such as go to a movie, we had to earn money in order to do those extra things. Our parents were divorced, so our mom took care of us, but she pretty much covered all of the other finances for us. But if we wanted anything extra as teenagers, then that's when she told us we needed to start earning some extra money by working. So I did some babysitting, and then I roughed soccer as my first non-babysitting job. So the next question is, is what did you do with your income from your first job? Well, I unfortunately did not have the knowledge or insight to save pretty much any of that money for retirement or anything useful. I thought I managed the money pretty diligently in that I wasn't super impulsive and had to spend it all right away, but I also did not save or invest it. I simply wasn't taught that you could invest as a teenager. Growing up, did you hear your parents argue about money? If so, how did this affect you? Did you argue with your parents about money? Did you hear your parents discuss finances openly? How did you feel when money was discussed in your household? Was it a casual conversation? Or was it more of a serious or even a tense conversation? What is something that your parents did with money that you think was wise and you would like to do as well? Conversely, what is something that your parents did with money that you think was a poor decision and you would like to avoid? If you did have two parents growing up, did they both work or was one a stay-at-home parent? Or who made the financial decisions in the family? Was it a team effort or was only one person involved with the finances? Growing up, did you have more or less money than your friends? How did this affect you? Did you see your parents give away money to others? For example, growing up, I always saw my mom donate a tithe offering to our church throughout all of the years. Did your parents pay for a portion or all of your college? If so, did you know they were going to do that ahead of time? Or did they kind of surprise you and let you know right at the time of college? Do you believe you can only earn up to a certain amount of money? Is there a minimum dollar amount in your brain that someone needs in order for you to consider them to be, quote, rich? What are your beliefs about those who are rich in your view? Do you believe that you can be wealthy? 
And do you believe that you can reach financial independence? Now think of all of your answers and think of how they have affected your view on money over the years, but also currently. What are some of the positive effects that these answers have had on your money story? Perhaps you were taught by your parents to save a lot of your income. Perhaps you were taught that you need to create a plan for your finances. Perhaps you were taught to donate some of your money to others. Now what are some of the negative effects? Perhaps your parents modeled the behavior of spending all of their income, and now you do that as well because that's what you saw growing up. Perhaps you were told that you can never earn more than a certain threshold, or that in order to earn more, you have to work many long hours. Next, let's see if you have a scarcity mindset about money or an abundance mindset. If you have a scarcity mindset about money, you think that there is never enough of it. Some adjectives for a scarcity mindset include finite, fixed, confining, and uncreative. On the other hand, if you have an abundance mindset about money, you think that there is always enough. Some adjectives for an abundance mindset include sufficient, creative, satisfied, and grateful. So here are some scarcity and abundance mindset beliefs that some PAs may have. Let's first review some scarcity mindset beliefs. Some may believe I don't have enough money. I can't afford that. The amount of money someone has correlates with the amount of hours they have worked. I'm not good enough for that PA job, which is why they didn't hire me. I'll never be able to pay back all of my student loans. And my low net worth makes me have a low self-worth. Let's review some abundance mindset beliefs. So these would be the opposite of those scarcity mindset beliefs that we just reviewed. So I have enough money. I can afford anything that I value. The amount of money someone has is not directly correlated with the amount of hours that they have worked. Although I wasn't hired for the job I applied for, I'm a great PA and another opportunity that is meant to work out for me will open up. I'll create an actionable plan to pay back my student loans. My net worth, even if it's low, does not define my self-worth. Some of you may be able to identify that you have a scarcity mindset or an abundance mindset when it comes to finances in general, and some of you may be more like me where you have a little bit of both types of thinking depending upon the exact topic. So now that you've recognized that you have a money story that has been ingrained in you since childhood and how that money story helps to determine whether your mindset about money is that of scarcity or abundance, let's review tools to use to help shift your scarcity mindset to an abundance mindset so you can rewrite your money story for the future. So first, determine if your beliefs are actual facts or if they are just fictional thoughts. For example, do you think that you are, quote, bad with money? Perhaps the fact is that you really have actually been a great saver, but you just need to educate yourself on how to invest the money. Do you think that you're, quote, broke? Perhaps the fact is, is that you actually do have enough, but you've allowed lifestyle creep to enter your life, causing you to spend every extra dollar you've earned with each raise or bonus over the years. Do you think that the amount of money that someone has correlates directly with the amount of time that they have worked? Well, consider investments. Once you learn to invest properly, those investments often pay dividends, meaning you are earning passive income through your investments, which is not directly tied to the amount of time that you are working. 
So truly consider whether any of your thoughts and beliefs about money are truly facts or if they are just fictional thoughts. Next, become responsible for your money, including the past choices that you've made and the future money that you will earn. Some PAs may have had the thought of, I'll never be able to pay off all of my student loan debt, so I'll just make the minimum payments and probably just die with them. Well, you chose to go to PA school and likely accumulated the student loans in the process. So you should take responsibility for the debt and create a game plan to pay it off. I will throw in a little disclaimer right now that with the current federal student loan forbearance due to the COVID pandemic, you may elect to hold off on paying your federal student loans at this time. However, if you have private student loans, such as if you've refinanced or had private student loans to begin with, those payments likely have still been due this whole time. So once you've taken responsibility for your past money decisions, let's consider your future earnings. What is your game plan for that money? Is it to pay off debt, invest, save for your child's future, or perhaps a combination of all of those things? Or do you not really have a good plan, but once the money hits your account, you decide to buy a new thing that you've been wanting? Assess your financial situation and create a plan for your future dollars as well. Otherwise, it is just so easy to spend all of the money that hits your account. Here's a pro tip. If you can save a portion of your income before it even hits your bank account by having it deposited directly into an account such as a retirement account, like a 401k, 457b, etc., you likely won't even miss that money and you won't be tempted to spend it. The main goal of this podcast, as well as my website at pathefiway.com, is to educate current and future PAs about finances so that they can achieve financial independence. I do hope that you find PA the FI way a valuable resource, but there are so many other amazing podcasts, books, and blogs with tons of valuable information out there. I truly hope that you're taking the time to educate yourself in regards to these things so you can become financially literate and take responsibility for your past and future financial decisions. The next tool in trying to shift your scarcity mindset about money into an abundance mindset to help you rewrite your money story is don't let your net worth affect your self-worth. If you do have a negative net worth at this time, don't let it have a negative effect on your self-worth. If you implement an actionable game plan, soon your net worth will become positive and you'll be well on your way to financial independence. If you're not sure what your net worth is or how to calculate it, go back and listen to episode number four, which is called Five Steps to Calculating and Tracking Your Net Worth and Why It Matters. I have been tracking my net worth using Personal Capital, which is a free online tool for just over a year, and it has been incredibly motivating to see that number keep rising month to month, week to week, sometimes day to day. So I highly encourage you to track your net worth. And the final step in rewriting your new money story is to practice gratitude. So I would really like you to take the time to reflect on how truly fortunate you are, no matter where you currently are on your journey to financial independence. Even if you feel like your net worth is low at this time, or you have so much more progress to make, or it's seeming a little overwhelming, it's okay. Be thankful for the things that you do have. Be thankful that you chose a profession that's in high demand. Be thankful for all of your friends and family members. And be thankful for the simple things. 
Doing so will allow you to shift your mindset about money and allow you to begin to rewrite your new money story. And with this note of gratitude, I would like to thank each and every one of you for taking the time out of your day to take a listen to this podcast. I hope you found it valuable. I want to thank all of those who have left a five-star review as well about the podcast. If you have found this information helpful, go ahead and leave a review and share with a friend or a PA classmate who you think could find this information helpful as well. Come find me over on Instagram at PA the FI way or find me on Facebook. I do have a page called PA the FI way. And there's also a private group for future and current PAs if you'd like to join that as well. I hope you have a wonderful rest of your day and that you take time to reflect on all of those things that you're grateful for. Thank you for tuning in. And I hope that you decide to continue to join me along this journey of becoming a PA the FI way. Please take a moment to press the subscribe button on the platform that you are listening to this on. But more importantly, consider sharing with another current or future PA that could benefit from the information that we reviewed in this episode. Take care and have a great rest of your day. Until next time.